Welcome to the Creative Curmudgeon. Today, I am joined by drag king Charles Galen King. Thank you so much for joining me today. Gracias for having me, man. It's good to meet you. What's up? Um, not not too much. Um, do you want to start by describing a typical performance of yours? Yes, I come out of the stage front of curtain if there is a curtain and then i step out and i scan the audience then i smile or if i'm in creature makeup i do whatever that creature calls for at the moment mm -hmm. Snarl or a, like ar, 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 ar. and then i just start my movement to a song that fits the theme or whatever i chose for the evening or the brunch or a show and i just have fun with it and I feel that if I have fun, then the audience will have fun alongside me. Do you generally pick something based on just something that's been a longtime favorite of yours? Or is it based on something going on in your life at that moment? Or how do you decide like what you're going to perform? Ooh, it's more of a mixture. Because if I could perform two songs, and if there's a theme for a drag show or a an event i at least for one song want and choose to sit to perform it in spanish so i can remember my culture as a language of spanish and then any kind of music that i like at the time or that i know that could play what well with the audience or if i really love a song that i've always wanted to perform then i'll do it and if the audience doesn't know, that's okay. And if there's some people that have told me, it's like, I haven't heard that song in so long. Thank you. Like, you're welcome. Um, what was the kind of eureka moment as far as you really finding your character? The eureka moment for me in finding my character is when I make severe eye contact with at least one audience member and they either make it back the eye contact or they back away from me smiling those are those are those are those are great things but i meant like when you were kind of like starting out was there like a period where you were like kind of finding your voice or whatever and then like you came across something or someone and you were like that's it that's the direction i want to go oh like style of genre or style of sure genre. yeah okay uh oh when i performed and my clown creature and it was to a song by rammstein called du hast oh of course hey and then i would just very slowly crescendo into heavy movement throughout but it was like each surprise or reveal that i would do and I would hear the audience go, whoa, ah, eat different reactions. Just hooking the audience in, especially with that song. That's like, okay, do more fun, weird reveals, but still be in the vein of theater. Do you usually do your own makeup? Yes. How did you learn to do makeup of the Drag King variety? Ooh, I... I'm privileged and grateful that I went to a community college that taught stage makeup. And I took a class 
of stage regular stage makeup and I learned how to do masculine contour more like professional wise and then also I did some creature makeup and then how shading and lighting works but also there are some drag kings that I've learned from that steered me in directions of how to put on said makeup Landon Sider he I asked him once like 12 years ago I was like hey you have any advice on how to put drag king makeup on and then he suggested a drag king named Spacey Cadet on YouTube. He has a YouTube video where he just does heavy ass contour. And that's how I learned it from. That's awesome that uh, that you had guide. Like, I feel like that would be like getting guitar advice from like Eddie Van Halen or something. That's awesome that Landon was like giving you giving you feedback. Yes, thank you. That's a great analogy right there. Eddie. Um. How long does it usually take you to get in like drag king makeup? Currently right now, if I take my time, 45 minutes. But if I'm quick and fast with no minimal distractions, 10 to 20 minutes. But if I do some sort of preacher or character makeup, at least an hour to 30. What's the longest that it's taken? Two hours. For what? I did a Rasputin number and I had full facial hair and I put contacts. So I include the time it takes to put on contacts, the time I have to apply the fake beard with adhesive and drying, then the contour, making sure it's precise and the the dressing up. Okay. What was, what was, what was the song for that costume? Rasputin by Boney M. Oh, okay. Wait. So were you, were you dressed up as Rasputin? A little bit. I had like the beard and then the, what is it? I actually based it off of Boney M's front man that had a red jacket, black pants and white on his hair in the middle of his head. Okay. Yeah. Um, what originally got you into drag like to begin with? Film, theater, pantomime, Charlie Chaplin. Film, theater, pantomime, Charlie Chaplin. In that order? Yes. Um, yeah. What did you What did you learn from Chaplin specifically? Like, I would imagine, like, that's a big, a big part of it. Like, it makes sense that the parallel as far as, like, just having to do a lot of, convey a lot of things without, uh, without actual dialogue or whatnot. But what did you, what do you specifically take from him? That the timing the connecting with the audience and just having all around fun, even though people look down on you. Yeah. Being like the, being like the underdog. Yes. that. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. How do you typically acquire your own costumes? Before I used to go thrift shopping. I still do sometimes, but it used to be a lot of, finding out and searching at thrift stores. And I have one in my neighborhood called Son of a Vet Thrift Stop. And I used to go to Goodwill, but now since I've acquired more privileged financial uh, finances because of more beautiful shows booking me, I'm able to get other 
outfits and mainly jackets from Santi Alley's that have some spicy bedazzled stuff on jackets. And then you just kind of like just just put stuff together or do you do you sew stuff at all or I don't sew. I want to learn how, but I know how to do basic sewing like uh, uh fixing up repairs or patches or I can also bedazzle, but it takes some time. So I do want to teach myself to make patterns and make my own clothes. That'd be cool. Um, what was it like or what has it been like uh, coming up as like a drag king specifically? It's been a fun challenge. And that means that I've seen myself in many heavy queen shows and just me being the minority one king. And I used to say, like, oh, this is fun. I'm in a room full of beautiful people. And I just, over the years, I'd say, wow, I'm just the only king. And then I found more kings in the giant kingdom that we've always been here. But it, many shows mm -hmm. and many events have only mainly been drag queens. And one thing that really got me into dra being a drag performer was RuPaul's Drag Race because mm -hmm. my showed me one season uh 2011 and said look a weird show just like you and it was season four with sharon needles and then i befriended some queens on facebook and then that's how i found land insider and i said okay so this is what i want to do want to perform but in masculine clothes but over the years it's been like oh uh just heavy queen shows and i couldn't see myself but now that I'm performing where I want to perform, I see more of myself representing me, but also alongside other kings. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your videos. Um, so when people stopped being able to perform live in 2020 yeah. and performers had to transition to videos that they wanted to do anything at all, um, I noticed there was definitely a divide between who was like cut out for that naturally and like who wasn't. Um, like for instance, I watched that first uh, like drag performance that like Bitch Pudding put together. That was like, that was like week two of the pandemic, I think. Right. And there were some people that were just, you know, performing in the living room, just like one shot or whatever, which is fine. And then there was, um, I think that that was the show where uh, Vander Von Odd did like a recreation of the Bowie life on Mars video. Ooh, it was either that or it was like one, one of those like yeah. uh, com community drag performances, but like, you know, that, or like, you know, the Boulay brothers, for instance, who like, they were already doing like mini films in Dragula and like clearly inspired by film. And so like when they started doing that thing, like it was like ready to go. Like it was clear, like they had like a knack for it. Wow. Um, and like with your videos that I've, I've noticed they're they're a lot more of like a music video sort of, not just because of like the obvious lip syncing too, but the way it's shot and like whatnot as well. Um, but I was curious about like that transition when you started like kind of having to do videos in order to continue to make that kind of art. Like, what was that like? It was, at first it was nerve wracking because I was realizing, oh, this is, pandemic starting was like whoa I don't know what to do what's going on I was in my fields I was like what do I do I was 
not having panic attacks, but I was having like, oh shit, I should do something that helps me get through this. And luckily I'm privileged that I have my family, that they're basically my roommates and my mom helps me with the cameras at times. But when I started doing that, I realized and reminded myself like, oh, I've always wanted to do music videos. So now I get the chance that as a drag performer, I could put my own ideas, but also recreate music videos that I like. Because I recreated one by, uh, what's his name? Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. Okay. It was like almost shot for shot, but not really. But I filmed that at 3 a.m. But overall, what it felt like for me was something that I could latch on and still have fun in the world of that quarantine that I didn't know what was going to happen at any moment. Um, are you are you planning on doing more videos in the future? Yes, I do plan on that. And right now I'm focused on outside theater world, but I do have my ideas where I do want to continue my music videos. What is your what is the theater stuff that you're doing? Currently, I'm in the Actors Gang Theater Company in Culver City, and I just came from a day show. It's a outside summer show in the park. And I play Winnie the Pooh in a play called Much Ado About Pooh. And that has taken up some time because of rehearsals. And then I've done readings with them where I directed movements in a piece called Ebor City about cigar factory in the 1930s. What's the Winnie the Pooh thing? Like, are you, do you wear like a Disneyland-esque Winnie the Pooh costume or is it more of a drag king, like makeup sort of thing? Drag King makeup sort of thing, but I wish I could be a Winnie the Pooh Disneyland style mascot because I was a mascot in high school and I want to do it again. Though this is more makeup and theatrically. I can show you a picture if you like. And then if you could see, that's me. Um, that's that's awesome. I wish people that were listening could see this, but I, I take my word for it that it that it's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. Um what were you what were you a mascot for in high school? I was Seymour the Mule. What's that? And it's like a donkey, like half horse, half donkey. And my eyes, I had blind spots. My vision or the only thing that I could see out of was the neck. So imagine an oval mask over your nose, up to your eyebrows. And the eyeballs were up here for the animal mascot. Oh, geez bend down to like hey look at my eyes don't look at my neck i think big bird had like a similar setup yeah the giant head on the top and the people were on the bottom right right i was barney once i was hired to be barney once at a kid's birthday party and a kid punched me in the head oh no like like in my in my barney uh in my barney costume he said like barney come come here and then i like bent down and then he just like whacked me in the head so oh. that was that was a highlight. Damn, but you were Barney. That's so fun. Um, yeah, except I, you know, I, I'd have to, I had to do like a Barney like impression and oh. like the, the parents were drinking and it was like, you know, the dad was like kind of getting in my face in an aggressive way and was like, Hey Barney, oh, no. why don't you sing a song for my kid or, you know, something like that. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was weird, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Barney. <laughs> I want to talk about your ASMR videos. I, I noticed that you have made those as well. And I was curious what 
led you. I only really became familiar with it in the last like year or so, as has been the case with a lot of, uh, and I'm not, I'm still not like that familiar with it. I know they talked about it on Beavis and Butthead recently at one point. Um, but I, uh, but I am not that I, I get the gist of it, but yeah. What got you into it? So what got me into ASMR videos like a year before the pandemic started, I saw one because of a YouTuber called Mac does it. He was reviewing an ASMR person. And I thought, oh, that's fascinating. A person just tapping their teeth or tapping on things. And then I started feeling relaxed. And for some reason, like, what? And only a percentage of people feel that relaxing sensation that just like soothing, like going to the doctor and just like the pens and the, the gloves. So I was looking up videos of ASMR people and I found one called Grace ASMR and Ting Ting ASMR. And it's sometimes they do some like role play. They have the camera and then they caress you and make sure you're fine. It's okay. It's like comforting. And I wanted to try that in quarantine besides drag videos. So I, I got myself a mic and I started doing it. And I was like, oh, this is fun. 14 minutes. I can do this. I did it for a month and then I stopped and I said, I'll be back. And then, but I also wanted to try, I think I did a clown one once. I don't know if you saw that one. I don't think I saw that one. No, I saw one where you were reading a story in Spanish and there was a second one that I'm blanking out on right now. But like, how do you decide what to use for those videos? Like, how do you decide like, oh, this is going to be relaxing for me and or other people? Right. When I decided, I first think, oh, what brings me joy or comfort and those books that it, the second one was Inkheart. And I would read that a lot like Cornelia Funk. And the Spanish book was because I also did it so I can remind myself, you need to read this book, but also share it with the world so they can know like, oh, this language exists and Spanish exists still. But overall, just seeing something is like oh that looks fun i could try that i just want to try things that's how i go along with that that's awesome thank you um what do you think are some of the keys for a good life performance you've gone into it a little bit already ah like the key what makes it a live performance what's 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 the make or break sort of thing as far as like you thinking you thinking like oh this was great versus not so much Oh, 100% memorize with the lyrics, make sure I'm very comfortable and I could say it from the ending, repeat it all the way to the beginning and beginning to the ending in my own mind and saying it out loud with my lips. And then I usually choreograph 50% of the routine and then the other 50% I feel what the audience is feeling or how the stage is. Because if I choreograph 100% of the song, then I might mess up on the show dites or show day. So that's why I leave room for whatever happens, happens. And if I feel a different movement, then I go with it. So making sure I am comfortable with my song. I know what I feel about my song. I know what, if I'm in a creature character, I know what the story is, but overall, in general, I must know and feel comfortable with what this song is portraying, what story they are telling. 
are you are you the sort of person who sits down and kind of like sorts out all of all of your ideas or are you more of a person who like kind of goes about your day and then like stuff will just kind of like hit you Ooh, both but with both i do sit down and then i let the ideas go i print out the lyrics to each song and then i put like the first letter of each word in capital letters so i can memorize it faster but i circle each action word or each sentence that says a certain thing that the audience needs to understand that i understand but i also draw out my outfit or what i need to do what kind of movement i do so yeah i'm more of a sit down and making sure hey but sometimes ideas come on the fly or show day before i go on stage because i get inspired by other performers or i get inspired by listening listening to it again before i go on um did i hear you correctly that you circle the first letter of each line of a song that you that you do sort of i circle each action word or each different uh important subject of the sentence and then i write out each letter of first the first letter of each word of the lyrics okay yeah so if i say I love myself. I put I L M and then I, that's how I read it. And then I read the I L M and supposedly that gets me more memorized. It like it, like it's easier for you to memorize like I L M than it is to memorize. I love myself. No, actually it's both together at the same time Both together. Okay. Uh -huh. How'd you start doing that? So I saw TikTok one year that the CIA, to memorize things more faster, they would see words or sentences, and then they would initial each word of the sentence. And they would say, I love myself, L-I-L-M. So they would say, I love myself, and then repeat it. I love myself. It's like little things, yeah. The, the CIA would do that? Yeah, that's what I heard. Whoa. I need to find the video and send it to you so you can see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would love to see that. Um, is there any advice that you would give up and coming drag kings, current drag princes, if you will? Oh, I, that's a good word. I would say drag dukes. Sure. There you go. Drag princes is OK, too. I haven't heard that. I'm, I might steal that from you. Thank you. My oh, absolutely. <laughs> my advice for drag performers that are barely starting out is know your song know lip sync have fun I used to say this to my old friend that first started off as a drag queen and I was more experienced than her so I, I, would, I, I would tell her fuck whatever everybody's they do matter but you are there for yourself, the producers, the host, and then the beautiful audience. Because if you keep thinking of what the audience thinks of you, then that is just going to take you out and you're not going to perform to your best ability. But if you're not having fun, you're not doing drag. 
that's that, my advice. That that totally makes sense. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? Yes. I want to eat more vegetables, and I recommend people to eat more vegetables as well. They are very nutritious and delicious. Any particular vegetables you, you that are on your bucket list? Oh. I've tried bell peppers, onions, mushrooms. Oh, I want to try more uh, uh, arugula. I always, I always forget about arugula. I don't know why. It's okay, but uh, like I, I, I would eat more of it, but I just forget that. They, I always go straight to spinach. That's true. They do have that similar thing, but not really. But yes, arugula. I found that out at a drag brunch show once, and it was like avocado toast, and it had arugula on it with salt and lime, and it was one of the best toasts I've had. So arugula, y'all. All right. Um, is there anything still on your creative bucket list? That I want to perform one day? That you want to perform one day and also that you want to, that you just want to like try out, like how you were trying out ASMR videos. Oh, yes. I, if y'all seen Wakanda Forever, there's a character named Namor and he has that Maya Mexica uh, style to him and culture. I want to do that, but I want to be dressed up in my indigenous clothing and then slowly take it off and reveal that I'm sort of like a slave of my people. No, I was put down and oppressed, but then I put on this armor, which happens to be the Namor character's armor and his head wrap. Then I start dancing. Let me go back. I'm wearing my indigenous clothing. Then I take it off, and it's a reveal of the Namor character clothing. Then I put on the headdress, and it's a slow song that goes into heavier, heavier, upbeat music. That's my thing, but I want it to be like intense, dramatic movement. Ta-da! Um, like, like the song that you're going to pick is going to be something where you can kind of just like slowly like groove in an intense way? Yes. I like that groove and in an intense way. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. It's It's been an honor to talk to you. Gracias. It's been an honor talking to you as well, Jason. Thank you. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please consider setting up a small monthly donation at patreon.com backslash the creative curmudgeon or consider making a one-time donation at venmo.com backslash the creative curmudgeon. Until next time, so long.